a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Here. Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are called. Is it's in my hand. Fan effect. It's Friday, folks. That means it is just about movie time. We're talking big screen, small screen, all of it. Yeah, there's some good ones too. Joining us right now for details on suggestions of what to watch this weekend is Andy Farnsworth of KSL News Radio and KSL's Fan Effect Podcast. I have been holding off watching any of the reviews because I want to know what you have to say about the Eternals. And, uh, and you wouldn't even let me tell it to you. I wouldn't you let you tell me. I want to know now. now. Okay, well, this is the, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, this is the busiest month of the year, not just for the amount of content that Hollywood's pumping out, but also uh, it's going to theaters and streaming and so the big item for this week no doubt the newest marvel movie eternals a movie with a star-studded cast directed by chloe Zhao, who won the oscar for best director this year eternals tells the story of a group of 10 super-powered individuals sent to earth about 7,000 years ago by a race of gigantic galactic beings called the celestials so the eternals can then protect the earth from these animal-like creatures called deviants that attack and kill humans After accomplishing their mission, they're given orders to stay in the background of human affairs unless deviants are involved, so that's why they didn't fight Thanos or mess with any of the other big events from history. But after the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces the Eternals out of hiding to reunite and face the deviants once again. Now, Eternals is getting mixed reviews, to say the least. But I did like it more than I disliked it. It's easily the most diverse cast of leads in a superhero movie. And personally, I loved seeing Angelina Jolie as a superhero. It looked great visually, even if it was a little too long at two hours and 30 minutes. But they're a much lesser known group than the Avengers. So the casual fan and younger kids might be wondering, where's all the heroes from the other movies? And thus, it may not rank that high on their list of favorite Marvel movies. Eternals is rated PG-13, and there are a couple of warnings that parents may want to be aware of before they take their kids. Also, there are two post-credit scenes that you got to wait for before you leave. So remember, two and a half hours, and you got to wait through all the credits. And it's playing only in movie theaters, and I'm honestly very interested to see how this one performs at the box office. Now, next up is almost everybody's favorite actor, Tom Hanks. In another one of those roles where you say, Tom Hanks is so good, he doesn't even need a cast around him most of the time. It's a movie called Finch, and Hanks plays a robotics engineer and one of the few survivors of a cataclysmic solar flare that's left the world a wasteland. He's built an underground bunker and survived for a decade, in part because of the companionship of his dog, Goodyear. Now, eventually, he builds a robot. He is a robotics engineer, after all. He names the robot James... And with the hopes, or I'm sorry, Jeff, he's played by Caleb Landry Jones, Jeff the Robot. He's hoping that Jeff will take care of Goodyear when Finch no longer can. 
Yeah, if there's a movie premise that represents the age in which we now live more than a man in a post-apocalyptic society building a robot to care for his dog after he's gone, I can't imagine what it is. Yet at the same time, it's Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks teaching a robot what it means to be alive while on a perilous journey through a wasteland America? That's the most compelling thing you could say to someone to get them to watch a movie. Tom's already showed us that he doesn't need anything more than a volleyball to act off of. And so this... <laughs> exactly. So this time... I'm sorry, Wilson. Who didn't cry about a volleyball floating away? cried. So this time, with a dog and a comedic yet sympathetic robot, you can't dislike him. It's impossible. Finch is rated PG-13, and it is not in theaters. you got to watch it exclusively on Apple TV+. Now, another option as of today is some Academy Awards bait and catnip. For those who love to follow the British royal family, and especially the late Princess Diana, it's called Spencer, and it stars Kristen Stewart as Diana Spencer. The movie's set in 1991, and it focuses on one weekend near the end of Prince Charles and Princess Di's marriage. Diana arrives at the royal family Christmas gathering amid rumors of affairs and potential divorce. But Diana has finally decided that her own identity is more important than the royal family or the British nation, and she knows what she has to do about it. And we all know what happened after that. Now, this is not based on eyewitness accounts. It's kind of how the writer and director imagine it could have played out. And it's more of an allegorical statement than a depiction of actual events that took place. I didn't get a chance to preview this one, but most critics are praising Stewart's portrayal of Diana. The movie's directed by Pablo Lorraine, who also directed that biopic of Jackie Kennedy a few years ago with Natalie Portman. Spencer is rated R, and it is playing only in theaters. And finally, a bit more, something a bit more lighthearted to wrap things up. It's time for Animaniacs, the cartoon you might remember from when you were younger, is back with a second brand new season of the reboot slash continuation of the iconic family-friendly animated series. The Warner Brothers Yakko and Wacko and the Warner Sister Dot make you laugh through a variety of comedy sketches, pop culture parodies, musical comedies, and even self-referential jokes that reward you for having watched the series in the past. There's also a Pinky and the Brain cartoon short in each episode. What are we doing tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try and take, take over, over the world. The, world. <laughs> the writing for the okay, series. Brian. Okay, right? The writing for the series is top notch. The voice acting is outstanding. It is something you can watch with the whole family, and everyone will get different jokes in it. My kids got hooked on it when we watched season one last year. All 13 episodes of season two are available right now to stream on Hulu. So, as I mentioned earlier, if you'd like more details on Eternals, you know, parents, probably there's a couple things you're going to want to know before you go see it, including my content warnings and final rating. Head on over to ksltv.com where I posted a full in-depth review. That's also where you can check out my newly posted previews and movies uh, of, about movies and TV shows coming to theaters and streaming this holiday season. And there is a lot of things coming. So let me help you out with it. Do you know what else the Animaniacs taught us? What's so that? Countries of the world, states yes. of the of, yes. of the United States, presidents, yeah. Through and song, so by the way. Right now, about everything you just said. Well, was Kristen Stewart better than she was in the vampire one? Oh yes. Like, they're talking they're talking Oscar nominations oh, yeah. for this. Really? She, oh yeah. She, okay. Now I'm not a I, I I was never a big royal family follower, so 
I, this is going to sound stupid. When I was like 12 and I first heard Princess Di speak, I was surprised she had a British accent. Because <laughs> I'd only ever seen pictures I mean, of her. She's not a royal, but she is. I just, okay. but she, but, other question then. So I'm not qualified to say how much she looks or sounds like her, but other people have said it's really But good. it's better than the Twilight series. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, then the other question then. In, on the Eternals, I need like a star rating. Would you give it a four out of five? Well, that's what I put four it on the five. web for. I got to know now, Andy. I gave it two out of four. Oh, man. I'm just saying. Sorry. Finch. Finch. Tom Hanks and Finch. Today. There you go. You got, right. you, you got Wilson Part 2 or yes. The Robot. A talking Wilson. Jeff the Robot. <laughs> right, Jeff. I mean, it looks pretty good. And the fact that we've got uh, the holiday movies coming soon. Yes. Our own Andy Farnsworth is literally Mr. Christmas. He's going to have a Christmas tie on every day. You know, I have some Warner Brothers Christmas ties, too. I probably should have worn that today. God. <laughs> You got, you got about a couple weeks, and then we will see you next Friday, I'm sure. Hi, producer Kellyanne here, and you have just heard Andy's general thoughts on what to watch this weekend from his appearance on KSL TV. Now, here are his deeper reviews from KSLTV.com. And this is my in-depth review of Eternals from Disney and Marvel Studios. For two years now, I've wondered not only where Marvel will take their massively successful cinematic universe after the decades-long build-up to and then payoff in Avengers Endgame, but I've also wondered how whatever it is they choose to do will be received by the fans. Now, fandoms can be a tricky thing. One minute they love you, the next minute some will turn on you. Now we're three movies into the phase four of the MCU, and we're starting to get an idea of where some of the story narratives are headed, but Eternals, the latest superhero effort from Marvel, may give an indication as to how fans feel about the direction. Eternals tells the story of a group of ten super-powered individuals sent to Earth in 5000 BC by a race of gigantic galactic beings called the Celestials to protect the planet from some animal-like creatures called deviants that were attacking and killing humans. After accomplishing their mission, they spent the rest of the time during those seven millennia making sure the deviants don't show up again and following the orders of their leader Ajax, Salma Hayek, to stay in the background of human affairs unless deviants are involved. Still, they end up shaping human history in certain ways. It's hinted that many of the legends of the Greek gods were actually tales told about this group of Eternals. Eventually, the ten heroes split up to live out their immortality in different ways. But following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of hiding to reunite to face the deviants they thought they destroyed once again. Because this is a Marvel movie, I don't want to spoil anything beyond those generic plot details. Trust me, a lot more than that goes on. There are a total of ten Eternals to keep track of it, since they're lesser known than characters like Hulk, Iron Man, or Spider-Man. At least having a general idea going in can allow you to focus more on who's who and story points. Eternals is getting mixed reviews, to say the least. I actually liked several things about it. It had a very impressive visuals between colorful uniforms, costumes, and historical settings that, that really stood out on the big screen. The CGI for ships, superpowers, giant characters, and some of the establishing shots that take you to various points of history were even more impressive on the IMAX screen. The Celestials, who the, sent the Eternals to Earth, are so large you can see them from space, and that perspective is really emphasized on the bigger screen. I thought the casting was pretty solid, too. The main characters are Gemma Chan from Crazy Rich Asians, and Richard Madden from Game of Thrones, but they also have Kit Harrington, Salma Hayek, who I already mentioned, Brian Tyree Henry, Kumail Nanjani, who I thought almost stole the show, and Angelina Jolie. It's easily the most diverse cast of leads in a superhero movie. 
And all of them can act, though opinions will vary on how well each one does here. <laughs> I personally thought it was kind of fun and refreshing to go into a comic book movie and not mo know much about any of the characters. Names like Cersei, Icarus, Thena, Sprite, Kingo, Fastos, Druig, Gilgamesh, and Makari. They are a much lesser known group than the Avengers, obviously, but even in my comic book nerdiness, I didn't know almost anything about them or their powers. Ironically, they have some powers similar to the Justice League of Superman, and they even name drop Superman and Batman in the movie. I mentioned IMAX earlier. Watching it on that larger screen probably helped strengthen the feeling that this is an epic tale, or at least it's trying to be. The Eternals were present in ancient Babylon in Mexico during the Conquistadors era and at Hiroshima. It's directed by this year's Oscar-winning Best Director Chloe Zhao, and she tries to balance that large-scale feel with smaller stakes, like the connection between a couple of the characters that's supposed to be much of the movie's heart. It doesn't get anywhere near the epic level that I thought Dune reached, but it's not small either. Nevertheless, for a superhero movie, there are several warnings I need to give. It is rated PG-13 for the expected fantasy violence and action. A bit of language, though it doesn't go too far on that front. There's also a couple of firsts for a Marvel movie. One is a sex scene between two of the superhero characters, which takes about 20 to 30 seconds of screen time. The other is the first openly gay superhero who shares a kiss with his husband before he goes off to save the world. Neither scene felt exploitative, nor was any big deal made out of either one in the movie itself, but I also don't want parents to message me after asking why I didn't give them a heads up about it beforehand. I'd recommend heeding the PG-13 rating if you were wondering if you should take the kids to this. Not just because of the content, either. It's because it doesn't deal a lot with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe other than a couple of mentions almost in passing. So younger kids might be wondering where the heroes from the other movies are. Plus, it's kind of a plot-heavy story, and there are a few scenes and plot moments that could confuse them or maybe make them sad. It's also a pretty long movie on top of everything else with a two-hour and 30-minute runtime. Add to that the fact that the story is not told in a linear fashion, but instead jumps back and forward in its timeline, as well as having two post-credit scenes that you have to stay to watch. Parents will want to decide if they think their younger kids can stay interested for that long. So what did I think of Eternals? I mostly enjoyed it. I thought it had some good moments mixed into a movie that felt just a bit too long. I would have liked a bit more humor mixed in there as well. I give Eternals two out of four stars. I wouldn't necessarily call it the worst of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, but it's definitely in the lower half of the standings for me. Perhaps my opinion will improve over time as the characters mix in with the rest of the MCU over the next phase, and, and I watch it again. But for now, I'd call it decent at best. Hardcore Marvel fans should definitely see it, but probably no big rush for the average fan. So, if you do want to go see Eternals, your only option is to do so in theaters. No streaming on this one at home for a while. I think it looks good in IMAX, but I wouldn't say you ought to see it in that format like I think you should for Dune. I'm very interested to see how Eternals performs at the box office. Thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out some of my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.